Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is VSIN Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Friday edition of Final Countdown here on VSIN. Matt Brown, Jonathan Von Tobel, producer Steph behind the glass back there. And we're going to run through the entire NFL slate here. We'll get John's thoughts on college football as well. It is uh, Mike Pritchard will join us as well a little bit later. We'll get his thoughts. Guy who's been there, done that on everything. John, we had a we had a game last night. I mean, it happened, and I it was a game. It. I love it. And it was, uh, you know, it took some time, and it's football. And I, t- I actually I tweeted this, and I said, I'm sure I will regret saying this come middle of February when we don't have football anymore. But I might could have done without that game last uh, night. Yeah. I know. might could have done without that game I, last I went night. a little deeper. You know, my son <laughs> last night at one point was like, Dad, will you play with me? I'm like, sorry, I got to watch this. <laughs> Like, you know, it's like 20 years down the road. You're you know what remember I mean? that like 30 moment. years when I'm on my deathbed. And I'm like, I should have played with my son that one moment instead of watching Washington and Chicago play on Thursday night. I don't know why all of a sudden I have that accent, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but well, you might by the time you get to that right, age. You never know. Like, it might be a thing that everyone just takes on a new accent. Um, but let's talk, uh, before we get into that real quick, we do have a game between the Yankees and the Indians in the eighth, I think it is right now. Middle yes. of the eighth. We're heading to the bottom. Yep. Bottom of the eighth. We still tied 2-2, yes? Yes, we are. Yes, 2-2. Uh, we are about to get started here. Of course, the Guardians into the pin. Uh, they are going with uh, Karen Shack, who is going to get to the outing here in the eighth inning. So we'll see if he's going to get this done. Bottom of the eighth, first pitch strike. So Torres down 
Oh one. We really? are trying to uh, we're trying to keep this thing under for producer Steph back there, who's uh, who's who was daring enough to play the under in a six total game. That's right. So we're going to try to keep this thing. Uh, someone just hit a solo shot and end it, and like we'll just move on from there. That's what we're oh, hoping Steph, for. Steph just hit a grand slam. Sorry. Oh no. Uh, we do have a first pitch coming in about thirty minutes. We got the Braves and the Phillies. Spencer Strider, Aaron Nola. This is a coin flip. One ten on both sides over at DraftKings. Six and a half is your total. Nola. Been pretty good for this uh, Phillies team all season long. There was a couple of little up and downs there at the beginning of the season, but he really started to right the ship. And then, of course, Spencer Strider just been phenomenal since he got called up. And I, I'll admit, I thought for sure these big league hitters were going to catch up to him. He is basically just a two-pitch pitcher. It's fastball slider, right. and that's it. And I thought that there would be a chance that, you know, hey, they are finally going to figure him out. But I guess when you throw your slider at like 92 miles an hour and your fastball is 101, that, uh, you know, maybe it'll take him a little bit to catch up to you. And you mentioned Nola. Mm-hmm. He's been absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And two, two blips on the radar since the start of September. That was four earned runs over seven against this Braves team and four earned runs over six against Chicago. Every single start since then, only one earned run or fewer. That would be mm-hmm. zero in each of those outings. So Noah's been fantastic. So I, I would think, look, I don't have anything in this game, but I would think against two guys who are pretty even, at least in terms of their power rating as starting pitchers, what makes the difference in a matchup like this? And I think the Braves get that edge and the market rightfully so, because we do know that the Phillies are the worst defensive team. And if there's going to be something, right, a hair right. to split, it would be the fact that the Phillies once or twice in a game, uh, their ugly defense maybe could show up and that can make the difference in a really tight contest. I know there was at least a a mild concern. I think it was more people just trying to make a, a headline about Acuna. He is in the lineup. He's leading yep. off. Acuna, Swanson, Olsen, Riley, Diarno, Harris, Ozuna, Grissom, and Rosario for the Braves over on the Philly side. Schwarber, Hoskins, Real Muto, Harper, Castellanos, Baum, Marsh, Segura, and Stott. So, again, Acuna is in the lineup leading off there for the Braves. I think that was just people trying to get some clicks on right. the Internet. Yeah. You know how you put out a, a sensationalist headline sometimes just get some clicks. Got to get somebody to click on yeah, baseball content. Yeah, you know, so uh, that's we were looking at there. And then, of course, we have an evening first pitch. Dodgers and the Padres. Tony Gonsolin, Blake Snell. This is minus 120 in favor of the Dodgers on the road. Uh, even money on Snell and the Padres at home, seven and a half the total here. Yeah, and it should be. Look, last time we saw Blake Snell, it was not great. He went three and a third. Mm-hmm. He walked six guys. He got out of it and uh, face it, got lucky. Uh, Snell is not a guy who I would really trust at this point. We know the command issues, and if you're going to give the Dodgers consist, like consistent bites at the apple, this is a team, unlike the Mets, uh, who mm-hmm. will take those bites as opposed to the Mets who will not let you pay or not make you pay for it. Like We talked about this uh, the other day. I think yesterday is when I filled in. The series price for this series right now is like minus 165, and out of all of them, like I think if you're taking a position either way, if you wanted to take a position in the series, minus 160 or so I think is a relatively fair price, not only because the Dodgers get Snell here, but the way the rotation's that's up for them going forward. And, I, you know, Gonsolin's a relatively solid dude. Yeah. I think the Dodgers are kind of in the driver's seat here despite the fact that they are tied 1-1. Yeah, and I – you know, th- this is not how I would typically play something, but I guess if I was just really looking for a play in this game, you either get, like, good Snell or bad Snell. And so right. it's like I would almost rather play the Dodgers. If I wanted to play the Dodgers, I'd almost play the Dodgers on the run line and get the plus 140 as opposed to the laying the minus 120 because it's like Snell's either going to – almost beat them or beat them, or he is going to be atrocious and they're just going to like light him up or whatever. Like there is, there is a guy, if there ever is a guy as as talented as Blake Snell, again, that in my lifetime where I just look and I go, how does this guy give up six earned in two thirds of an, like, how does this happen? Uh, I don't know how it happens to to Blake Snell so often, but he's that guy that like, you know, can go out there and look like a Cy Young Blake Snell, or he can go out there and look like a guy that should be in the minors. Right. And and look for Snell too. One of the things that when you talk about guys who walk a bunch of dudes, 
dudes, you balance that mm-hmm. out with a high strikeout rate, and you can get away with it. And at times, Snell has been that guy. Yep. And in the regular season, he did. He had a great strikeout rate, 1202 strikeouts per nine. But when you're not walking nearly like 3.6, 3.7, last year was four. But like when you're walking at the rate that you are, if those strikeouts aren't coming, because there's a chance against a really good lineup, they aren't, that puts you in a really bad position if you're Snell. So you watched it. We know you did. We watched it too. It is what it is. It was football. So we'll just, you know, we'll call it that. High scoring second 12 half. 12 to 7. Uh, the Commanders get the win over the Bears. We are looking at a, they covered. I mean, they closed pretty much as one point favorites everywhere. This did mm-hmm. toggle back and forth between one on both sides, pick them at a couple of different books, but mainly one kind of closed about that 38 and a half, 39 ish range as far as the total goes. Carson Wentz didn't even break 100 yards passing Justin Fields through for 190 added 88 on the ground but he was sacked five times to go along with Wentz's three different sacks and also Fields under pressure more times last night than he has in his entire career I, I mean look we could sit here I, I we do power ratings on the on the show earlier in the week John and you know we did a bottom five teams this week of course both of these teams were, were in my bottom five once you throw the Panthers kind of in the mix and how they've looked I think any one of these three teams, you can make a very compelling argument is the worst team in the NFL considering the given situations they've got. And I can't even believe that the commanders with, I, I hate Wentz. And I, if anyone that watched our preseason content knows I hated Wentz and that's why I hated this team. I didn't think he could be even this bad, but he has been even worse than I'd expected. Yeah. I uh, think he, they were terrible. Uh, that's pretty yeah. safe to say outgamed by 1.7 yards per play. The commanders were, I uh, turned him to total yardage nearly by 200 yards, 392 to 214 in favor of Chicago, and I think that's kind of, that has been the problem. I thought at the beginning of the year, the one thing you could lean on if you were Washington was, hey, you know what, Carson Wentz is bad. He turns the ball over quite a bit, but there is some explosiveness to Mm -hmm. his game. I mean, we even talked about it yesterday, and you and I both like these PFF numbers. If you actually sort him by he throws 20 or more yards downfield, he's actually one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. The problem is everything in between there is a massive issue, and he is prone to those massive turnovers. And when you look at just the way their offense has kind of turned out at this point, it's getting worse every single week for Washington. And that's really a big problem for them because their defenses, like it's gotten better. If you look at the EPA numbers, it's slowly climbed up. But when we climb and we're still like mm-hmm. bottom half of the league and at best average, th- that looked really bad yesterday. Like they, they had no shot winning that game, but they get a, a muffed punt that they recover. They get to punch that in for a touchdown. They're really bad Washington. Yeah. And I am feeling pretty good because I took an under a season position under on Carson Wentz passing yards, not even because of the futility of this offense, but I thought there was a pretty decent chance that he got, got benched. Yeah. And I think we are heading directly to that road whoa, right now. Whoa, whoa. Like Ron Rivera loves yes, Carson yes, Wentz. Yeah, what like, are you talking about? I think we're heading directly down that path right now. I mean, listen, what what do you ha- why did you draft Sam Howell if you if it wasn't for a situation this is like the perfect situation right I mean it is hey let's throw this if we're going to be bad let's be bad we're going to get in a quarterback heavy draft in this uh, that's coming up so let's put the rookie in there see if he has any talent whatsoever and if he doesn't who cares if we continue to lose because we're going to lose anyway with with Wentz we might as well just ensure losses with the rookie and, and draft us a quarterback in the, in What if Howell's in, better in than Wentz though when you start winning well, games? That's that could be the problem. Then you got to bench Howell cuz you got to put Wentz back out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh I, no I agree with that. Look, I'm always of that mindset, right? Like mm-hmm. if you don't have anywhere really to go, like your point like I'm a Colts guy, right? Mm-hmm. I, if this doesn't get any better, why would you not just put Sam Ellinger in there for the last yeah. like 6 weeks and see whatever and let's see if we can improve our draft position. Uh like 
I would circle what week 12 home against the Falcons. You mm-hmm. get a week to get ready and then play at home against a team that is equally rated as you or similarly rated. I think the Falcons are rated better than Washington at this point, even uh, slightly. Uh, and then you get a bye week coming up in week 14. I say coming up. It's like in 10 weeks from now. Uh, but uh, maybe you use the bye week if you're completely out of it, which is likely. Then maybe use the bye mm-hmm. week to get the young kid ready and give them the rest of the season. But ultimately, you're right. And here's the thing. Usually in the NFC East, you can probably be like, ah, two and four. We're still in the mix. We're only two games back. It's not yeah. the case this year. Yep. Yep. And and listen, it's a it's one of those things, too. Like, there are these dynamic win totals that continue to get posted throughout the course of the season. And you start to look down the schedule and, and – with Washington, yes. I think this is like might be the time. I don't whenever it gets reposted, they typically get reposted on Monday. With this artificial win mm-hmm. against the Bears, like this might be the time for me to come in on the under because I really do think they pull the ripcord at some point on Wentz and look to try to I'm not gonna they're not tanking, but they would try to lessen their chances of winning. I'll put it that way, right? And yeah. so with that, I think maybe getting an in season under on the commanders might be an interesting play. I'll see what that number gets reposted at. It, on Monday. It does. It is an interesting dynamic, though, because we have everything going on with Ron Rivera. Rivera's clearly, like, on the outs here. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, by the way, do you know, like, last week, he was 10-1 to 1 to be the first coach fired. Uh, and now he's, I think, 4-1 to 1 or plus 450 to be, to be the first guy let go. But I think, like, everything looks like this is going to be a cleaning of the house for Washington. And I do wonder what that dynamic is for Rivera. Like, does he refuse to do that and just play Carson Wentz the entire time? Because, you know, old veteran coach, I'm not putting the rookie in. Yeah. I got to win as many games as possible to save my skin. Yeah, I know. It's it's that is that is the old school mentality. You're right. right. I mean, it's like okay, or does he think of it as, you know what? I'm going to make the bold decision here and show yeah. them that I'm running this program <laughs> and I'm going to like get rid of this guy that we traded for and I'm going to put in this rookie. I Can't mean, bench look, him after he went to bat for him last night. Yeah, there, I know. Come on. Oh man, just what a what a horrible. I mean, just what a horrible. The situation. Oh, a nightmare. I mean the 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 team, everything about it. That game just was absolutely. Everyone's like making these jokes about Bezos and like saying like Amazon wants their money back. I'm like, you still got to have an Amazon Prime account to watch this stuff. So people signing up, he's making his money. There's man. a good conspiracy out there uh, that actually makes a lot of sense about that. Oh, we might have to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Pro tip, maybe. Okay. Who knows? We're going to run through the NFL slate. Stick around. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. 
I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Basketball season is ready to tip off, and now is the time to grab your VEASAN Pro Basketball Betting Guide with season prep on all 30 teams. Our hoop expert, including our hoop expert, is Jonathan Von Tobel, providing strategy and advice as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. We also have five betting tips for beginning NBA bettors. Give yourself an edge this NBA season. Get the NBA Betting Guide by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Sign up now for just $99 and get access to everything we do all the way through the Super Bowl. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash Subscribe. It was amazing timing on that because in the read, it felt like it just it felt right. like it was just part of it. Right. Like, it really did. It bam, felt like bam. it was just Points part of, of the read right there. Uh, again, yes, the man to my right is the guy that is behind that awesome NBA betting guide. And I'll have you know, and I'm not just saying this because you are on the desk. I have read like 14 pages of it already. Yeah. yeah thank you very much. And I, I'm I'm I've already what do learned. You think? I've already learned things. Okay. I'm cool. more learned. Are you I'm sure? a more learned human being. Yes. Are you sure? Because yes. if you didn't, how much NBA research did you do prior to reading the guide? Well, the thing I did, I was looking through. You can be through, reading drivel. You have no idea. I was looking through. <laughs> was trying to skip forward to the uh, to the New Orleans Pelican section. Yeah, I couldn't find it in the contents. I was trying to skip forward. I couldn't find it, but uh, I, you know, I found it eventually. You know what so I started reading? This yeah. why this is the best time of year. The the uh, I don't know if you read it a lot, uh, but every year I buy the college basketball blue ribbon book. Uh-huh. Uh, I just started reading that the other day. I'm like, I can't believe we're already here. This is <laughs> I know. You're like, I have to learn about 300 teams oh, now. Yeah, like, this ridiculous. is ridiculous. Yeah, this is amazing. All right, listen, we're going to run through every single game here, so let's kick things off with the San Francisco 49ers and the Atlanta Falcons. This is a very interesting game, mainly because the 49ers are riddled with injuries, so 
Listen, if I hadn't gotten if I hadn't gotten bounced from Survivor last week, I probably would have gotten bounced this week because my whole plan was to play the 49ers this week against this Falcons team. But yeah. we know uh, Eric Armstead's not going to go for them. Bosa is questionable at best for them. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on on the 49ers side, which has got this down to four and a half at DraftKings. It is five, five and a half at other places, but four and a half at DraftKings in favor of the 49ers. 45 is the total here. I mean, listen, a, a healthy a healthy 49ers squad, this should be a bloodbath because that defense should be able to just completely swallow up, you know, what has been at least a surprisingly efficient offense in the Atlanta Falcons. And, they, you know, I don't think the offense would really need to do all that much. But, man, given the state of this defense, of course, they lost, they, they lost, what was it, a couple of different guys, I guess, already for the season. Jimmy mm-hmm. Ward, I guess, is at least maybe questionable in this one too, right? Or something. So it's, it's just a bad situation there for the 49ers. And so for me, uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm out. I'm, I'm weirdly glad I'm out of Survivor because then I would just have gone out this week as well as it was anyway. Because I'd probably still have to ride with the 49ers. But interesting as we've kind of reached that no man's land here in the four and a half five-ish range. Yeah, and it's interesting as well because this is the eighth or ninth best team by EPA standards mm-hmm. in the National Football League in the Atlanta Falcons. And so if you're talking about facing a beat up defensive unit, I mean there would be one that would be able to take advantage of it, and it might be an Atlanta team that has clearly been undervalued by the market as they've covered every single one of their games up to this point. Now. We are starting to see the market shift, at least with its power rating. Uh, the, uh, If you remember, the 49ers were a tough, full touchdown favorite mm-hmm. on the road in week one against Chicago, and a lot of people thought Atlanta was similarly rated to Chicago, and we see that respect there a little bit. Uh, injury has to do with it. But I agree with you. Look, it's a dead number two. If you feel comfortable and you want to back the 49ers, you don't have to feel like, like left out. You can lay five mm-hmm. and feel comfortable with it. Uh, this is one where I scratched off, and I, I, I missed out because I think I'd rather back the Falcons here, uh, if anything else, but ultimately didn't make my card. I just like this Falcons team, man. Like, they're really solid on offense. Their defense kind of stinks, but they're really solid mm-hmm. on offense. It has kept them in a lot of these games, and has allowed them to get off to the start that they have been. Yeah, it is. It's, to me, it was like, seemed like a, like, what, two weeks ago was a smash spot in this, has now quickly right. turned into, like you said, a, a game I want no part of, like, whatsoever. I mean, it's... I still think at the end of the day we could see a 49ers team that almost mimics what we saw with the Bills when the Bills had all those defensive injuries, which was they're just so well coached and schemed up so well that they still are able to find success, even though, like, because I thought the Bills were going to take this huge step back. They're down like four starters, and and then you almost didn't, you know, they almost didn't miss a beat, right? They're just so well coached and schemed so incredibly well for their opponents. I wonder if we get that kind of same thing here with this 49ers team and I'm weighing these injuries too much, but not knowing that it's just, I I can't, I can't go in here with any sort of real conviction. Yeah, I agree. And also look for me, I have some, I am uh, I have a weird relationship with the 49ers. I bet them under their win total of 10. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the more overvalued quarterbacks Mm -hmm. in the NFL, but to your point, they are so well coached that that doesn't really seem to matter. That Shanahan gets a baseline of production out of them, and there are times where it spikes against some bad teams, mm-hmm. like we saw against last week against Carolina. Yeah. And that's what get, like, that's what leaves me a little worried here, which ultimately took me off of the game. Yeah, it's just tough for me. Um, it, it's tough for me to get in on this one again. It, it probably, weirdly enough, would be – probably would be Falcons or if right. I had to bet it, but yeah. I, I don't think I'm going – to go in that you direction. You twist my arm. Yes. I mean, if anything, maybe that total's a little bit low at 44 and a half because if That's the 49ers something. defense is is banged up, right, and the Falcons defense we know is not any good, then maybe the total's the angle, actually, and in this one. So last, and that's a good point, too, because last week, right, that was, what, 21-15 final score, and they should have gotten the ball back. Mm-hmm. We all know that. Uh, but that was more a testament to how good Tampa Bay's defense is. We know how good that yeah. thing is. It held Atlanta down. If this unit's going to be banged up, I have faith that the 49ers are going to be able to score. And if this mm-hmm. is a hampered unit like it looks like on paper, 
the Falcons should be able to put up some production as well. New England Patriots and the Cleveland Browns. We sit right now, Cleveland Browns are two and a half point home favorites in this one against the Patriots, 43 and a half, 43, 43 and a half. You can find either one out there as far as the total goes. Now, this is another one of those games where we're sitting here talking about injury situations. We know it looks like it's going to be Ramondre Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots in the backfield because it doesn't look like Harris is going to be able to go. I have, you know, when when he went down with the injury last week, we saw a 90% snap share for Stevenson, which is very un-Bill Belichickian because he does not like to give one guy all the touches. So I don't know if... If Harris isn't able to go, if they're going to call, you know, if, if someone else is going to end up getting some of these touches or if he actually is going to try to go this bell cow route with Stevenson, if that were the case, then I think Stevenson props would be actually really great for this game. It's just, you know, Belichick, we have no idea what he's actually going to do, right? Like, that's right. the only problem with, with all of this. So um, that's why I can't really get there. With this, and again, here we are again, John. I mean, look, we continue to talk about this Cleveland team, and we continue week in, week out to go. If you hadn't been paying attention, it is a highly efficient offense, and even though they don't pass very often, and they are a run-heavy team, if you talk about percentage of pass plays, they are 28th in the NFL as far as percentage of plays in which they pass. But if you look at their efficiency marks, 12th in yards per play, their early yep. down success is 14th, the early down EPA is actually second, and PFF says it's the best offense in all the NFL. So, I mean, I, I get it. They're running a lot, but they're running at a very, very effective clip. They are, and Jacoby Brissett, doesn't really have to do much mm-hmm. when you know he hasn't turned the ball over. He's just turned it over in really crucial situations, uh, like in a game to blow it against the Jets or at the end of the game against the Chargers. Uh, I will say this too: Do we know who's playing quarterback for the Patriots? Because there's a report that comes out a few hours ago that says Bill Belichick tells the media Mac Jones could be cleared medically at any moment. So, <laughs> I, and I would say I don't. I I, I think we. Uh, I don't know what I was reading the other day. It has been assumed out there by the masses that there is no difference between Bailey Zappi and Mac mm-hmm. Jones at this point. Um, I would say that the market probably disagrees with that. And if Mac Jones is announced, this might would get whittled down yeah. to like one and a half. So if you like the Browns, I mean, there's not a massive difference between one and a half, two and a half, but you might want to sit back and wait. You can maybe get a better number. Um, but I am curious to see what the market does there if Mac Jones is indeed playing. Because I'll tell you this. Give me Bailey Zappi, give me Mac Jones, give me Brian Hoyer. I think the Browns are the side here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this team a lot. I backed them last week against the Chargers. They got there just by the hook uh, because they lost by two and a half, two and a half. But like when you look at what Cleveland can do, I think they match up pretty well here with the Patriots. And, you know, again, I'm not a big totals player, and I can't believe the first two games that we're talking about where I'm bringing up totals here. But at a flat 43, again, we're talking about one of the most, well, I mean, again, by a lot of the metrics, the most advanced, you know, the the, the most efficient offense mm-hmm. in the NFL in Cleveland. And then if you look over at, at uh, New England, listen, we don't think Bailey Zappi is going to do anything from a passing standpoint, but one thing they do, they, they run the ball effectively, right? And they run the ball effectively against what Cleveland, by the way, is throwing out as, according to DBOA, the dead last defense against the run in the NFL. Yep. According to Pro Football Focus, also rated the dead last defense against the run. And then you start to look and you're like, oh, yards per rush, 30th, right? I mean, like, so it, all of these advanced stats basically back up that they can't defend the run either. Either. So, John, I kind of look at this and I say, all right, 43, and I understand they're both going to be run-heavy teams, but if they're both running incredibly efficiently, then why can't this game, why can't this play at 
27 20 or something you know why can't it do that i agree and you talk let's talk about new england too because they're down there as well uh the football outsiders adjusted line yards per carry allowed Mm -hmm. metric 4.65 for new england that's 21st in the national football league Mm -hmm. uh they're not explosive in terms of their run defense they don't uh, get behind the line of scrimmage they've only stuffed 10 percent of opponent runs behind the line of scrimmage that's uh, dead last in the nfl too so they're not really getting back there and causing havoc Uh, this does paint a picture of two offenses that can have a lot of success against each other's weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, again, I'm not a big totals player and I typically am fairly bad at them Mm -hmm. usually, which is why I try to avoid them. But I just see two offenses that I think, I think I stick it. I, I think, again, I see a total here where people are looking going, ah, both these teams run the ball too much. There aren't going to be any points scored or whatever. But it's like, yeah, but if you're getting six yards a clip, it doesn't matter if you're right. running the ball like a ton. And it's it's like two strengths against two weaknesses. And, and right? pe- like, people think a strong ground game, so those games go under. The clock runs. Those ground games can be explosive. And you work play action off of that. You get a lot of high-scoring games. Just watch what the Cleveland Browns and the Chargers did each of the last two years. We are going to talk to former NFL wide receiver and our very own Mike Pritchard here on the other side. Ask him some questions about some of these situations that are going on in the NFL right now. Tons and tons of injuries. How does that affect the players on the field? Coming back. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. The temperature might be cooling off, but fall sports are heating up on Bet Rivers oh, Online oh, oh. Sportsbook. You see what I did there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't do that. I didn't write this. Uh, Someone else wrote this, but I see what they did there. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts for pro football, college football, basketball, and hockey. Now's the perfect time to join Bet Rivers. New bettors will get up to $500 in free bets when you make a first time deposit using code SPORTS. Should be easy enough to remember S P O R T S. Go to betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Today, it's a whole new game. It is Matt Brown. It's Jonathan Von Tobel. And joining us here on the program, our man, been there, done that, former former NFLer, and you can catch him every single weekend here at M.I. Pritchard on the Twitter machine. It's Mike Pritchard. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, fellas. How y'all doing today? We are doing good. Doing good. I am, uh, we are, we are sweating along with producer Steph, who is on the under in this baseball game. So we are, we are okay. glad to see that uh, we got to have a little bit of a jam right there trying to get her ticket home. You've been doing much baseball hey. betting? You know what? I have not. I did a, a ton of baseball betting uh, right before the, the season of the National Football League. But, uh, no, I've been distracted, fellas. Uh, the National Football League has all my attention, but I can enjoy. I can certainly enjoy Major League Baseball playoff season. That's, that's awesome right now. All right, Mike. So we are looking here at a game last night. Again, just another incredible <laughs> slog of a game it is so, you know, look. It's football, so we're all going to watch it, but it's, it was a tough watch even for people like us who just absolutely love the NFL. What were your – were there any takeaways from you last night for this game? I mean, it's like I think we kind of knew Carson Wentz wasn't any good. I think we kind of knew Justin Fields has a lot of growing to do. Like, everybody's kind of doing this whole thing today about, oh, blah, 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 here's hot take one, here's hot take two, where I'm like, ah, I didn't really take anything away from this game. I thought they were bad teams to begin with, and I think they're still bad teams. Yeah, I mean, the only interest you would have is if you had a betting interest, really. I, I mean, I wasn't interested in either, either one of these two teams. I mean, I, I like you said, Matt, I mean, Carson Wentz, this is his third team. Uh, it's like last chance you uh, out there for him uh, with the Washington football team. So, uh, And then Justin Fields, I think everybody's trying to find out if he can become a franchise quarterback. He, he's about 16 starts uh, into that 20 to 24 starting range. Uh, in which you really can gauge whether or not he can be a franchise quarterback. Uh, he's got a long way to go. 
Uh, he does some great things, some great things that you saw on Saturdays, which can win you games when you're more talented than everybody else out there. Uh, but in the National Football League, you got to separate yourself. you got to evolve as a, as a quarterback, too. So uh, I think he's got a long way to go uh, in a short amount of time, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, Iberflus, the new head coach, uh, the new regime in terms of the front office, uh, they have a lot of evaluation to do because they could move off of Justin Fields and go back into the draft uh, coming up uh, at the beginning of next year, obviously. Bridge, I know we want to get your thoughts on the games coming up, but one more, like kind of expanding on Fields here. If you're mm-hmm. making a pie chart of the blame in terms of Fields' play, the pieces around him, what he's been right. given, where do you skew that there in terms of the fault of Justin Fields? Because he hasn't been dealt the best hand. No, he hasn't. Uh, it's been rough. Uh, it's it's really unfortunate the type of franchise you can go to. You can be a talented player, but if you go to a franchise like this, uh, then you're in trouble. I mean, what? I think you'll get the benefit of the doubt, to be honest with you, considering the circumstances. It's not like Patrick Mahomes going to Kansas City, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Justin Fields, and he's going to, to a, a franchise that's just in flux. And uh, he, he doesn't have supporting cast. He doesn't have a great one. He doesn't have an offensive line. Uh, so I, I think he'll get a, um, more, more of a sample size, if you will. Like, typically, it's that 20 to 24 game range. Maybe they'll go into the 30s. Maybe they'll actually give him the full year this year and the full year next year to evaluate that. But... I think the consideration could be out there in terms of uh, what they want to do uh, for their future. But no, I, I think he's got a long way to go, though, uh, trying to become that franchise quarterback. It, Chicago, though, Chicago's never really had a true franchise quarterback. I don't think ever. Rich, I'm looking at this game between the Vikings and the Dolphins, and I thought I was just mm-hmm. the smartest guy in the room. Uh, there was only one book here in town that posted the Vikings at three on the opener, and it was you know before we got the the news that it was definitely going to be uh, you know seventh round rookie there for the Dolphins that was going to be going. And the market right. has not agreed with me. It's still sitting at three at the majority of the books out there. There's a couple three and a halfs that are that are soft, and it's, you know there are some juice threes or something. So the thing that we like about this Dolphins team, we love Tyreek Hill, we love Jalen Waddle, we love like the offensive weapons here, but doesn't that almost get negated when we're talking about a third-string quarterback and not only not any third-string quarterback, a, a seventh-round rookie stepping in who this guy never thought he was going to play a snap this year, much less like have to start a game. So I don't know. I don't know why the market doesn't agree with me. Maybe they're just down on the Vikings. I, I, I don't really know, but I actually really like the Vikings at a field goal this week. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Matt. Um, The quarterback means so much to the number, and I get that. But the quarterback is also the most dependent position on the field. Uh, So if you look at Thompson uh, here, uh, I think Skyler, I know. Is it Thomas or Thompson? Yeah, Thompson. It's Thompson. Thompson. Okay, I knew Skyler. Uh, But here's a guy, obviously, nowhere near being in the plans for for Miami, but it's just three points for them at home against the Vikings team uh, in which they're understanding or trying to understand a new offense with Kirk Cousins. To me, Kirk Cousins hasn't developed the nuances of this offense yet. He's going to see a lot of blitzing uh, from Miami. So how is he going to perform? I, I know uh, they're, they're able to lean on a running game a little bit, but that factors into Mike McDaniel, too, as a head coach because he rose to head coach uh, with the Dolphins because of his running game acumen. Uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. So he's got to rev up the rushing attack, uh, in my opinion here. So uh, I I think the line is correct. Uh, I was actually looking at the Dolphins on the other side because I'm not looking for Skyler uh, to win the game for him, but I am looking for that running game for Miami to materialize as well as that defense getting after Kirk Cousins. And uh, we all know that the Vikings defense, they're yielding a lot of yards on the ground 
Uh, so this could be an opportunity for the home team and the home dog situation there. All right, Pritch, I believe, and I got to talk to you the other day about this, I believe that mm-hmm. Sunday is a day of reckoning for a couple of <laughs> NFC East teams. But I wanted to focus on one I didn't really get to talk to you about in detail, uh, the New York Giants. What do you make of this spot here for New York against Baltimore and what I would think is kind of a come-to-earth moment uh, for New York? But I could be wrong. What do you believe? Well, Baltimore, they don't score in the fourth quarter. Uh, now, is that because Lamar Jackson accounts for so much of the offense? He's a leading rusher. Uh, and also, obviously, we can see what he's doing uh, throwing the football, too. So uh, he's accounted for so much. And I, I wonder when they get into the fourth quarter, JVT, uh, if he's worn down. He's a heavier player now, uh, and he's not as explosive deeper in those games as we've seen uh, so far. They've had one comfortable game, and that was week one against the Jets. Uh, and the Giants, to me, guys, they're overachieving big time. Uh, they can run the football. We know that. They can wear down their opponent. Uh, they have been in possession games. And that's what has been their M.O. so far. They wear you down, JVT. And uh, I think if they feel like if they can get the game into the fourth quarter, they have a chance. And then on top of that, you got Wink Martindale, of course, who's highly familiar with what the Ravens want to do, uh, everything offensively with Lamar Jackson. So, uh, I, I don't know if they have the weapons to create mismatches outside of Andrews at tight end. Uh, so you feel good about the Giants a little bit at home, but maybe a day of reckoning. They have been overachieving. I agree with you on that. But you get this game in the fourth quarter. Uh, I, I think the Giants can uh, certainly uh, look for some situations to cover any type of number that could be out there in game. So we have seen this number now move uh, pretty significantly in this Cowboys and Eagles game. As we sit right now, I think we're looking at six and a half in favor of the Eagles, a pretty low total of 42. Look, we've seen a good defense from the Cowboys, and I think a lot of people are kind of getting wrapped up in how good the defense has been and kind of like giving the credit to Cooper Rush when he hasn't really really done all that much. And so, I mean, I think the Eagles are the most complete team in the NFL. Uh, What do you think about this one? I mean, it is, again, it swelled up over that key-ish number of six now. It hadn't quite made it to the touchdown. Yeah, they are a complete team. Uh, You know, but the thing about what's going on in the National Football League is there's a lot of teams running the same type of offenses uh, we just talked about the Vikings and the Dolphins, identical offenses, right? Just different personnel. Here, the Eagles are different be- because they do play with six eligibles. Uh, I think we talked about that before with with Jalen Hurts. Uh, but I, I, this is a defense in which we're going to find out more about Jalen Hurts, whether or not he's that type of quarterback. And uh, the, the defense for the Dallas Cowboys, they have a way – of making things complicated on your offensive line with your front. Uh, they get after you aggressively with their secondary, too. Uh, so there's going to have to be some tighter throws. Uh, the Eagles are certainly going to have to run the football, which they've been uh, great at doing that so far. I think it's a great matchup. This is like a playoff game because there's so much familiarity between the players on the field and the coaching staffs, too, uh, guys. And, and and I think the players are on the field are going to separate it and certainly decide it. They always, obviously always do. Cooper Rush up against it, but I, I tell you what, man, if he can avoid the mistakes like he has, and he's been aided with the rushing attack too, and that defense can keep this thing close, uh, I don't know if we're going to see the Eagles pull away in this game. You can find him over on the Twitter machine at M.I. Pritchard. You can find him right here on the network all weekend long. Former NFLer Mike Pritchard. Thanks for the time, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you. you guys have a great weekend. Thank you, Pritchard.
Yeah, we are going to talk about these games, but I think that you and I, from the, from the sound of things, it looks like you and I are going to be simpatico in one of these uh, you, one of these games. You can play this back yeah, after the, I say it, um, you know, over and over again when he throws for 400 yards and five touchdowns. The Cooper Rush narrative is one of the dumbest narratives I've heard this season. It's, there, are a, there are a lot of people who are saying some things where I'm kind of like, he really? threw for, for 100 and we got lots you know, to like, get. There's a lot yeah, of numbers to point to. You know, well, we're going to talk to Jets and Packers here, though, on the other side. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Welcome back to this segment of Eastern Final Countdown presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine Pouches, fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zen does understand there's not, not a right time to make a change. Everyone's on their own little timeline on their own journey. But whenever you feel like you're ready, take that step forward. Zen will be there for you. Zen.com, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive Chemical, it's two to two, bottom of the ninth. Aaron Judge up. He did not hit a home run, but he still has a chance to. Yes. Yes. But so, yeah, it's a two to two count, as you mentioned. What I find very funny, and look, the nuances of baseball, I enjoy the sport. I cannot tell you how pitchers set things up. I will say, I always find it funny because uh, when it was one two, the catcher sets up like a foot outside of the zone. And (laughs) and the throw is like a foot outside of the zone. And and Judge just like watches it go by. I'm like, what? Are you really trying to? Like, I almost got him there. Like, I didn't really understand that. But uh, yeah, so we'll let you know. We'll continue to keep you updated on this one. Again, one swing at the bat could end it as we are in the bottom of the ninth. New we're York, hoping that it does. Yes, we are hoping that it does for producers. Oh, no. Uh, That's fine. Yeah, ground out. Uh, New York Jets and the Green Bay Packers. John, this is a very interesting line to me. One that I've yet to pull the trigger on. One that I am very, very close to. To getting there, uh, the Jets seven and a half point dogs to the Packers on the you know they do have to go on the road to Lambeau. Forty five and a half is the total here. This seems like two different teams though heading in opposite directions. Like it seems like the Jets are at least slowly starting to figure things out, and it seems like the Packers, if anything, are maybe stuck in neutral. But certainly, I don't think you would say are ascending in any way, shape, or form. And so. I seven and a hook is very tempting to me with the Jets, but again, I just can't quite get there right now. Yeah, and we get the report right. Aaron Rodgers misses practice because yeah. of like a thumb issue. It's not like he's gonna be fine, but still something to monitor. And um, look, I will say this: I do think that if you monitor betting markets and keep track of where the market rates these teams, you are clearly getting a discount on the Packers. Right? Mm-hmm. Last week, the look ahead line here was nine and a half at some spots. Now it got as low as seven. It's seven and a half, as you mentioned, predominantly as we're looking. Uh, so I think there's like a discount from a number standpoint for Green Bay. The question is, do you want to bite the bullet and back a team who, as you mentioned, is really just all over the place in yeah. terms of its production, has not looked anywhere near the team as it is rated to be. I will say this. I have a couple of teasers. I did include the Packers on one of those teasers with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, because given where we were at with the look-ahead line last week, and I do think you're getting a market discount as opposed to laying the seven, seven and a half. I went in that direction to try to take advantage of it. But I would not slight anybody who thinks that this Green Bay Packers team is at a point where you just kind of want to play against them until they essentially show it to you that they're going to put some effort forward outside of the Chicago Bears game in which they covered 10 and probably shouldn't have given how close that play was at the end zone, right, for Chicago. So, yeah. like, I totally get it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at this, and I guess my, the, my reasoning here is, so we came into this, by the way, Christian Watson out, not going to play for the Packers in this thing. Okay, so great him by 10. Yeah, um, your – your, your questions heading into the season was, okay, Devontae Adams out of town. Who is going to be the go-to guy for Aaron Rodgers? That was, right. that, you know, so if you had questions about the offense, I think everyone was you know, kind of on the same boat when it comes to that. Now the difference, though, is I think we all thought this defense was going to be pretty good. Yeah. And it's not been very good so far, specifically against the run. They have just been getting gouged 
every single week against the run. Now, the pass defense has been pretty decent. That being said, you've got Jair Alexander now who's all gimpy for them, and that is obviously a reason for the pass defense being so good is because you have one of those elite shutdown corners that every time you line him up against one of the ones, he's going to at least limit their production. And so we look here, DVOA, 23rd defense. Pro Football Focus agrees, has them 24th. And then you look on the rush defense side of things, they're 30th and 29th in in those uh, advanced statistics and ratings there. And so now I start to look at this. The early down success rate's been really bad for this defense. So you're if if that continues and like Zach Wilson is continually put in more of these like second and fours and third and twos as opposed to second and eights and third and sevens and whatever, like if this early down success continues for this Green Bay defense, then I, I think that this Jets team can at least hang around. Like, I don't yeah. know if they win this thing outright or anything, but I think that maybe the market is at least a little slow to maybe upgrade this Jets team with Zach Wilson at quarterback and downgrade this Green Bay team with the, basically the lack of weapons that are going on here. Because I think maybe we just have this mentality that's like, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers. He'll get it figured out. But he's always gotten it figured out with at least one alpha receiver out there. And, like, that's just not happening this year. No, I, I would agree with all yeah. those points when it comes to that. And I think, too, when it comes to the Jets, I think it's pretty clear that Salah is at least getting the most out of it, right? He's, right. he's squeezing that turnip for all the juice that is there. He's a really good coordinator. They are better in the secondary. I, I agree with all of those points, absolutely. And mm. I think, too, when you look at Wilson and the way he performed last week, yes, it's against the Miami Dolphins, and we know about the situation for them. But still, PFF passing rate is 79.7. Uh, he did not commit a turnover-worthy play, mm. which is kind of been an issue for him. I, you kind of liked what you saw because, to your point, if you're getting in some of these short yarded situations, he is going to be put in a place where he doesn't really have to do that much. Yeah. I mean, they dropped 40 and he only threw for 210 yards right. last week, and that would put you in position here. And I, so I would agree with all those points. I just do wonder, and this is always my thing, mm-hmm. and it could be weaknesses, when you talk about these ratings and how fickle they could potentially be, are we getting a little ahead of ourselves downgrading the Packers by as much as we are given the struggles because they have shown little flashes here and there? Uh, but it's definitely not like a situation that screams positivity mm-hmm. for Green Bay. Jacksonville Jaguars, Indianapolis Colts. As we sit right now, two, two and a half in favor of the Colts at home. 42 is your total. Jonathan Taylor officially listed as questionable for the Colts. So there is at least an upgrade here from them for last week. Uh, the Jags killed everybody, knocked everybody out of Survivor, yeah. knocked every teaser leg out, knocked every money line parlay out. So pretty sour sentiment right now for this Jag squad in the betting market. And I do wonder if maybe that's why this number feels at least a little bit disrespectful to this Jag squad. Because if you do look last week, despite the fact that they lost, and John, you and I talked to this a couple of days ago, they dominated the box score. They dominated everything except for the score that was actually on the scoreboard. I mean, you look, they outgained the Texans by over 200 yards. It was really a very, very unfortunately timed interception by Trevor Lawrence. And then one of the stupidest, like, you know, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties you're ever going to get from a rookie and Trayvon Walker. He jumps off sides and I guess he was frustrated that he jumped off sides in the first place and then just decides to sling the quarterback down right in front of the referee and turned a third and 20 into a first and 10 and then like, you know, we kind of like go from there with everything. So, I, I, you know, look, I'm not willing to back the Jags here just straight up. I do though have them in a teaser leg. I think yeah. taking them up to eight and a half against the Colts here in a total game uh, with, a, with a game with a total of 42 makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, I, I agree and we'll see if this gets to like the three like we mm-hmm. discussed on Tuesday when I was in here uh, because Jonathan Taylor does look like he's going to play. I think limited participation in practice and you have the others here too, right? You still have Julian Blackman, their starting safety, who could be back. Uh, we know that Shaquille Leonard's not going to play and among some others who are a little beat up. Um, but I agree with all the points. I will say this, like 
Over the last two games, Trevor Lawrence has been terrible, and he's been mm-hmm. turning the ball over like crazy. Turnovers tend to regulate. Like, it's insane that he's got seven turnovers yeah. charged to him over the last two weeks. That's probably not going to be the case, and especially against the Colts team, the two over the last two seasons have actually been a really good defense in terms of force and turnovers. Not so much this year. I think they mm-hmm. only have four or five, and that's kind of the difference in, in this Bradley scheme. So I would say yes. Like, I think everything there – I would look at the Jags on a teaser leg. There has been that downgrade for Indianapolis. Remember, against a similarly rated team, I would say almost identically rated, they laid three and a half against the Titans, what, two weeks ago mm-hmm. at home, and obviously didn't get there. Now you're talking about two and a half. Uh, but, I like, look, it's the same thing. The Colts were kind of lucky to get out of that Thursday night game until you see something consistent from this offense because I think we believe in them defensively. Yeah. I, I just don't know why you would be, even at two and a half, feel comfortable laying a number with them. One of the lowest blitz rates in the league as well and then one of the yep. lowest uh, one of the lowest pressure rates as well for this Colts defense. So if you are looking for a positive on the Jacksonville side of things, it looks like at least Trevor Lawrence shouldn't be under duress yep. at least a ton. Anyway, talked about this a little bit last segment with Mike Pritchard. Minnesota Vikings, uh, Miami Dolphins right now. Three, there are some three and a halves, a couple of three and a halves, but a majority three that are juiced a little bit in favor of the Vikings. Uh, 45 and a half is the total. John, you heard my spiel. I, I want to get your your thoughts here. Maybe maybe I'm just blinded. I mean, I, I definitely feel like I could be here. Just to me, if, you're, if the reason we love the Dolphins is because they have all these playmakers, like, I just feel like you have to have someone that can get the playmakers the ball. And yeah. like, that's just, that's the handicap for me here. Like I literally, it's like, it's that simplistic for me. No, I get it. I think so. If I'm making the case for the dolphins, it's how much do you believe in Mike McDaniel and how impactful mm-hmm. is he going to be? Because the Vikings, you talk about teams that have been disappointed defensively. The Vikings have not been good by an EPA per mm-hmm. play standpoint at all. I think they're seventh worst in the NFL. And then when you're trying to, like, scheme up easy offense, McDaniel could do that for Skylar Thompson. I, I can see a path in which the Vikings stay within this number. Now, am I going to run and go do it? No, because I would agree with your sentiment. Thompson isn't that great and all those things. But I could see the path of that happening, given that, you know, frankly, it's the Vikings, man. Like, they do this yeah. to themselves a lot. It's true. It's true. I think the Vikings are just going to win annoyingly all season long. Like, yeah. if you, And if you look at that schedule, I went ahead, like I said, I put in a sprinkle at 25-1 to 1 on them to win the Super Bowl. I, I think we could be looking at weirdly a – 13 and four Vikings team when this is all said and done because of the way that the schedule uh, pans out here pro tip. And this is something we talked about a little bit yesterday and it did pan out last night. And just something to to remind you, if you are really bullish on a stance on a game that it could be putrid or that it could just go absolutely bonkers. Do not be afraid to look at alt totals as well. We mentioned last night that that game had the potential to be an incredibly bad stinker of a game, and you could get some plus money on some of those alt total numbers that were out there, and that's exactly what happened. You could have got some nice plus money on one of the alt totals, so be sure and remember that those are available to you. We continue to run through the slate here in Hour 2. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you.